Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. I'm here with Cheyenne Jackson, of course, one of the stars of Call Me Cat. Uh, Cheyenne also has been in a million things. I'm wearing a sweatshirt that I thought was appropriate. It's uh, a Saved by the Bell sweatshirt. It says, I'm so excited for Christmas. It's Jesse Spano because you played Jesse Spano's uh, husband, baby daddy on the Saved by the Bell reboot, which I love. Yeah. Uh, Cheyenne, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yes, I did. One of my... One of my finest pieces of of art right there. I was pissed um, that it got... I thought it was so funny. I was pissed that it got canceled. It, it actually was really funny. And yeah, that happened because uh, Elizabeth Berkeley has been our friend for years and years. Do you remember... Have you ever seen the thing, the 24-hour plays in New York? Or do you know what it is? I know what it is, yeah. Yeah, Rosie Perez's project, but you, you do a play in one hour. You get, you know... Anyway, one of the years I did it with uh, Elizabeth Berkeley, and I just... I was such a fan of, uh, obviously, Saved by the Bell and Showgirls. So we became friends. And then, yeah, over the years, we just... Um, She's like, do you want to play my husband? Like, I yeah. love her. Yeah. No, I love her. Even um, I was just rewatching... First Wives Club is one of my all-time favorites, and she pops up in it. my just, mom! <laughs> so good. Yeah. Cheyenne, what's your favorite? I mean, that's like a favorite of mine, a comfort movie. What are some of your like comfort movies? What are the things you can't oh. help but watch when they're out? You know, my husband and I were talking about this the other day. It, it's funny in pop culture, what movies and television shows or comedy specials stay with you and why so many of them, like I pull from the same like five or six things on the daily. So we're so the things that we we quote all day long are um Devil Wears Prada. Um, not too out of the ordinary, but it's just so delicious. So um oh, the Ellen DeGeneres special. Um which one? The one both, but mainly the one um that ha- I don't can't remember the name of it, but I can quote the whole thing. Like we're, you know, uh it looks like Nancy. Is that Nancy? That is me. <laughs> um, and my eye, you know, all the uh, is there, yeah. I think that might be the same one with the popcorn where she's mm-hmm. talking about being at a movie theater with the popcorn and putting it in her mouth. Yes. That, yeah. w- that special, I remember when I was in, I think, high school or something, sneaking into my parents' basement or not really sneaking, it was our basement, but they had the cable or the remember that cable box that was illegal, it got you all the. Uh-huh. Um, they had that. And so I could watch HBO stuff downstairs. And I remember yes. seeing that and just thinking it was the funniest fucking thing. And she has oh. a bit about shampoo or something. Oh, it, it, and yeah, getting a um, uh, toilet paper out of the thing. Please, one. <laughs> Come on, just one. No, so fun. Um, what else do I love? What do I? Um, oh, um, well, it's funny you say First Wives Club because I talk about that all the time as well. I love, love, love First Wives Club. It's so uh, good, and I'm sure you might agree with this, but I think that movies nowadays are missing uh, musical numbers, like for no real reason. I think First Wives Club or Romeo Michelle, those movies had 
sometimes musical numbers that didn't really make sense. And yep. that's what I love. Stepmom. Yeah. Yeah. Musical numbers that weren't montages, not just like a waiting to exhale, like, you know, cooking montage, but actually, yeah. Which we also love, but we also love, I mean, which, yeah, I love anything Nora Ephron. Oh God. Yeah. I mean, so Wait, what's my- your favorite rom-com? I'm getting mm-hmm. us off track here. That's okay. That's uh, here. Oh, I love my best friend's wedding. Mm-hmm. I love my best friend's wedding. Um, I probably, I mean, would you consider bridesmaids a rom-com? I feel like that's more calm. more calm. Yeah. I get, yeah. Cause there's not really romance. I mean, a little. Romance. Yeah, that's true. It is really just a romance between the ladies. Mm-hmm. Um, my personal fave is you've got mail. Oh uh, uh, God, I haven't seen that in so long. God, Shane, oh, you need to watch it. They're dialing up on the AOL. Uh, 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 Cheyenne, have you seen this article? I'm going to be basically be like Chris Farley going through your filmography, but oh yeah, go for um, it. That article it was on Gawker today, actually about Thirty Rock, because you were a part of Thirty Rock, and hmm. uh, there's a new show on TLC called Milf Manor, and people were <laughs> saying like all of these. 30 rock jokes and bits are now real shows. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know. So I suppose my question is like, do you have a memory of that experience or, or something that sort of sticks out to you about the 30 rock thing? It's so funny to me that we're getting something called milf manor. Cause I think on 30 rock, it was milf Island or yeah, something. Milf Island. Well, Tina was so ahead of her time and always, I mean, she was right smack in her time, but in terms of those kind of things, pop culturally speaking, always ahead of the curve. Um, well, 30 rock was my first TV. I was just talking about this the other day with Jack McBrayer, and that was my very first TV. I was doing uh, Finian's Rainbow on Broadway at the same time. I had done Damn Yankees uh, with with uh, Jane Krakowski and Sean Hayes, and Tina Fey came to Damn Yankees, and she they said Tina wants to meet you afterwards, and I was like, oh my god, this was you know, and she came to, came up to me afterwards, and she was looking at my face really closely, and she's like, I like your your big Midwestern face and your comic timing. I was like, okay, it's very specific. And um, she said, so I have this part on 30 rock. I'd like to gauge your interest in. And this was like third season, like, Oh my God, 30 rock. And so my, I said, well, my interest is high. I would love to do that. So um, yeah. What's up. I mean, I learned so much from that show. Alec Baldwin uh, was, he showed me so much. He was, he is truly a, uh, a master of, of, of that genre. And, um, you know, what was the adjustment like, because you come from such a, a, a great theater background, but I feel like that dialogue is so quick on mm-hmm. 30 rock or so rhythmic mm-hmm. was, was any of that an adjustment or it, it was, I had done, I had taken some on-camera classes just in the nick of time <laughs> as it were, because I had done so much, so much theater and, I have a big, you know, rubbery, malleable face, and I just really kind of didn't know how to control it. And I did a class. It was his name was Bob Krakauer. It was he's this great on camera class uh, teacher, and they shot us, and then we did a scene, and then we all we had to watch it back in front of the whole class. And my face was nuts. It was like claymation, and I would I didn't know what to. And so from that, I learned how to calibrate, and then so. Luckily on 30 Rock, they wrote me as somebody who was brand new, didn't had never done anything, and I could just be joyful and 
tactile and take in all my surroundings. So the acting part was, that was a breeze. It was really about, um, yeah, like you said, finding those rhythms, um, a lot of deadpan, a lot of, you know, I didn't know how to hit a mark. Um, I remember my very first scene, I had to meet the whole entire cast and I literally was meeting about 60% of them in the scene and I had to come in and hit my mark. And I, just overstepped it because I didn't really know all the tricks. So you can like look down at your watch and see your mark or whatever people do. And I was right in Alec Baldwin's light. And he just put a big hairy hand on me and said, you're in my light. <laughs> Get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. No, he was oh, great. I love that. Uh, who was, I mean, you've acted alongside so many great people. Who's the person you've been in a scene with that you're like, holy shit, whether it be on stage or, or on camera, that was the best to you or. I mean, I was just reading, you're doing Borderlands with Kate Blanchett and yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. And it, I don't know. Yeah. I'm sure you've worked with so many amazing people, but is there one yeah. person that just really blew you away? Yeah. The first time that, well, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is Kathy Bates, because I, um, I got, I started in, in acting later than most people. I was 27 when I moved to New York city. So, um, my, my references and the things that I loved were kind of different from my peers. Also from my, just my background growing up in Northern Idaho in the woods with no running water. And so there was a big gap of pop culture that I missed. However, um, primary colors, remember that movie with John Travolta and um, Kathy Bates. And I remember she had this monologue about deflected light from the moon and it was so visceral and so unbelievable. I just couldn't believe what I was feeling just from this woman opening her guts and saying these lines. And so when I was cast on, on um, American Horror Story, I was waiting to have something meaty with her. And she and I really connected in life. She's just a wonderful, wonderful person. She loves my husband. Um, and so I think it was my second season of American Horror Story. I played this uh, like off his rocker uh, reality show producer where I had to really kind of, in a sense force Kathy Bates to have a nervous breakdown on camera because she's playing this actress who doesn't know the difference between reality and, and, um, and not. And I was so prepared. I was working with my coach. I was in the moment, but also toss it out and be free. Cause you're also with, there's, there's Sarah Paulson who I've known forever and she's a fucking beast and all of these amazing heavy hitters. And I already fell out of my depth just because of my own imposter syndrome. But I remember being there opposite Kathy. And I was like, okay, here's the, here's the fucking moment. This is it. And every take, she would change it just a little, and it would be a completely different spin on it and equally as effective. And I just never, I was like, oh, that is a movie star. That is somebody who knows the power of a glance or a breath or a pause. And it was, um, it was amazing. One of definitely a highlight. I love that so much. Yeah. Uh, is there something on stage that you haven't done yet that you would want to do theater wise? Oh, uh, well, you know, they just announced I've always wanted to play Sweeney Todd and I've never been the right. My voice is kind of in between Anthony and, and Todd. Um, but as I get older, it's getting chunkier. It's getting deeper. Um, and uh, Annalie Ashford is a buddy and she's doing the new revival with, uh, Josh Groban. So I was like, oh, that's, that sounds amazing. That would be great. 
Yeah. Wait, so what what made you want to, you mentioned you got started a little later uh, in Idaho and, and deciding what made you decide to then make the shift? Well, two things, um, two sad things, uh, 9-11. Um, and then uh, we had a death in our family. My brother's little girl passed away. Oh. And the the magnitude of both of those things just lit a fire. And I just... I'm naturally, uh, I think from, from Christianity and from the church and from everything that I had been fed my whole life, I had been kind of a fearful person and, um, you know, just always had a lot of anxiety and both of these major shifts, Alexis's death. And then, uh, nine 11, I just thought I cannot be an old man wishing that he had done so many things in life. And I just decided to push through and I moved to New York. I just, I wanted to, uh, I was, I was living in Seattle at the time working at a magazine, you know, I was doing community theater and I was. Forgive me. Were you out at the time or you? Oh yeah. Yeah. I came out at, at 19. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, that's 19's young for Idaho. I'm from Ohio and. Forties young for Idaho. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So no, I just thought, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do this. And I moved to New York at 27 and I just wanted to, I just wanted to go. I just wanted to know, I just wanted to give it a shot so I could say that I had, and, uh, I was in the right place at the right time. I had so much confidence because I truly felt like I had nothing to lose. And, um, I booked my first audition. And I was on Broadway in three weeks. It was what was the first Broadway? Thoroughly modern Millie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think it's such a great uh, lesson too for anyone in any field. I think you're always going to regret the things that you don't at least try. So even if you're if you try and fail, at least you won't have the regret of never trying. I think that's the thing that would haunt me the most. Yeah. I I, I just I I didn't want to I didn't want to be like that. And there were there were so many people in my town that, you know, it's a teeny little town, twelve hundred people in our little our little border town. And I, I didn't want to end up living there and working at the mill. And no offense to people that have done that, but I already worked at the paper mill. I already did the thing. I already I needed to they weren't it wasn't they weren't my people. My yeah. people were somewhere else. So when you looked at you weren't a big pop culture junkie, but like when you looked at the landscape of television and film, was there anyone? I love talking to out gay actors. Cause it's like, yeah, there weren't, especially even 10 years ago, there weren't a whole lot of examples. Now we have people like you and lots of other uh, gay men on screen. And, uh, but who did you look towards? Well, you know, you always find your way, right? Yeah. So even at like 11, I mean, I would, I would go to yard sales and I would find, you know, like, jazz cds that you know billy holiday lena horn sarah vaughn ella fitzgerald and then when we got uh tv and i i love television i always have loved tv and i have always have loved movies and i just love to know what's going on in entertainment in all forms opera jazz whatever um but yeah in terms of pop culture and my sexuality i mean i guess it started with um almanzo from little house on the prairie Remember him with the blonde and the, yep. And then uh, Dukes of Hazard. either one of them, both of them. Uh, um, Magnum PI, my brother loved Magnum PI. And, but then in terms of people I looked up to, um, I would like say what? like George, boy, uh, George Michael was yeah. first, like, 
idol crush. I learned to sing by listening to his voice, mimicking, you know, recording. I had two record, two uh, tape recorders and I would record myself singing with one and then with the other one and then double it and layer it and add harmonies and, you know, before social media and TikTok and shit. So yeah, that's kind of how I started. Yeah, but there was no... Yeah, there wasn't anybody on TV. I remember when Will and Grace came started, I think I was maybe 19 or 20. That was just mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. And then yeah. when the revival of when remember Will and Grace that. came back? Yes. That was so surreal. Not unlike uh Saved by the Bell, when you go on the set and then there's all the people and they look the like, same. That's crazy. It's crazy. Well, and Grace was, I just, I couldn't believe it. I was Wait, there. Cheyenne, do you know any of the the dirt on what happened there on Will and Grace? Like, wasn't there some behind the scenes stuff with the cast? In my final, in my episode there, it was apparent that, uh, that, that the two ladies were not on the best of terms. Um, I don't know what was happening that, you know, I wasn't, but yeah, I, I could tell that there was definitely some, some drama going on. Um, I don't know. I don't so know. So many unanswered questions. That I, I know. I know. Okay. I really love both of them too. Yeah, I, I know. They're so so funny. But that initial season of the, those first, uh, the first run of Will and Grace, I remember being on, and a family friend of my parents, her talking about how much she loved it. And even I was so young, but I remember consciously thinking, like, "Oh, she's okay with these gay characters," mm. I don't know, which was a big yeah. deal to me at the time. Of course, the things we remember. I know it sticks out. And <laughs> you were also in Glee, which I feel like Glee for, was that for so many people. And also oh, yeah. speaking of drama on set, I feel like that had some <laughs> craziness. Did that were any craziness while you were there on Glee? Yes. <laughs> yes. So much. I'm gonna it get was, you in trouble. I mean, listen, I um I will say this. I mean, nobody is the sum of their worst moments. You know, nobody are nobody is their worst times. And and uh, but I I knew a lot of these kids prior in New York from you know broadway shows and stuff so watching them become so famous so fast i joined in the second season i recurred on that season and um it was pretty jarring to see how much they had changed how much fame had affected um a lot of them um and I, how could it not it was just such a freaking juggernaut um but yes i witnessed some things on that set that one day I will write a book because you just cannot even fucking believe it. Um, Anything you could give me any like little, come on, I just, I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just, I, I, I want to, <laughs> because everybody involved has now moved into different parts of their lives and they've become parents. I think it's better for all parties. If we like kind of, Move into the future. Move and, and grow. And grow. But uh, yes. Yeah, it was. Um, we'll use our imagination. So, and I'll be waiting for that book. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay. Let me. Uh, what about American Woman? Okay. I've been dying because we're big Housewives oh, yeah. fans here on Everything Iconic. Yeah. And you were an American Woman, which was, of course, Alicia Silverstone was one of the stars of that as well. And it was mm-hmm. sort of semi-based on Kyle Richards' life with Kathy and Kathy, sister yeah. Kim. Uh, what did you, are you familiar with the housewives universe or were you going into that? I love the housewives okay, good, I'm for years and years and years, even back in the day, I've been friends with Andy forever. I've done watch what happens live a bunch of times and it's the best, um, the best. And I've done, um, 
Yeah, I, I've been on the show a few times because I'm friends with a lot of them. So wait, when have you popped in? Let me think. Let's see. I should I, know this. No, you shouldn't. Uh, no, but I should. I'm Beverly Hills. Probably. I, yeah, Beverly Hills. Yeah. Uh, I think I even did a New York one. I think there was maybe a some party or something. But yeah, Beverly Hills a couple times. So I'm friends with Kyle. Um, and we, oh man, what, one, I think one was maybe like a 1930s party. Probably. Uh, and then, yeah, they always seem to do like a, some kind of, you know, and then another one was a Halloween party. Um, and yeah, it's the usual suspects, you know, it's like Jeff Lewis and Brandy and all the people around. And I love reality TV. And I know some people have strong feelings about it. I unabashedly love it. I find it a great escape. I think people that are on reality TV know exactly what they're getting into and exactly what they're doing. As everybody talks about, Lisa Rinna knows she understands the assignment. And I know Lisa Rinna in life. Lisa is great. And Lisa and and Harry, I've known them for a long time. We just did a we just did a charity thing with them not too long ago. She's so great with my kids. I think oh. she just leaned into the character of Lisa Rinna too much the last season. And yeah, and that's where I think she lost a lot of the audience. I think so, but also she's so she's so resilient. She's like Cher, you know. She's like a cockroach. Like she'll <laughs> she'll 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 be fine. She'll be fine, and she's doing she's doing great. And um, yeah, Kyle though is Kyle and Mauricio are great. We've stayed at their place in La Quinta. Yeah, she loves my kid. She's a great mom. We have to take a quick break here. We'll be back with much more from Cheyenne Jackson. As always, you can find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I want to thank ACAST. Go to everythingiconic.store for all of our merch. Also, check out my holiday podcast. It's called A Very Merry Iconic Podcast, available wherever you get your podcast, where my co-host and I break down the seasonal movies that we love and the ones that we don't love so much. All the unhinged holiday content is over there on A Very Merry Iconic Podcast. So thank you all. We'll be right back. All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. So where do you stand on that? Did you know Kathy at all? Where do you stand on like the sort of drama between Kathy and, and oh, Rina and everything? Oh, so messy. It's so... I don't, I, it, I, it's such a family thing that it, it it kind of hurts my heart to watch it just because... I know that Kyle is so um, she's in pain and you can see, you know, when she's, it's just sad to see your friend sad and, but you don't know what the ins and outs of people's 
real family drama. I know what it's like to have to be estranged from people in my life and my family. Um, but yeah, that was that was tough to watch. Um, I think people saw sides of Kathy that maybe she didn't want people to see. You know, Kathy is great TV, and Kathy is uh, really funny and kind of adorably clueless. I guess you know people want to say think it's a shtick. Do you think it's a little shtick? I think some of it. I think she leans into it a little, but I do think she's kind of just from almost like from another time. You know, like she. It's almost like she. Kyle even said it's like she lives in a hotel. Do you know what I mean? So a lot of it, her kind of maybe out of touchness uh, is is inherent. So um, yeah, that was hard to watch though. Is there anyone uh, going into like let's say next season? Anyone that you would want to get rid of, or or any cast changes that you think should happen? Uh, well, <laughs> I Brandy Glanville is such. Good. Uh, I want her back too. Cheyenne. She's really, really yeah. good TV, and I, I've met her a couple times off camera, and she's she's just she's incredibly charismatic. She's incredibly charismatic, and she's really tall and really striking. And uh, I know that you know she drink she can drink too much and and get a little messy, but I kind of think you know most of them can. I would I think she would be fun to have um, back in the mix. Yeah. I, similarly to Lisa Renna, I think she leaned into maybe the character of Brandy Glanville a little too much at a certain point, but I would like yeah. to see her back. And I, I think, think that I always think it's good for a housewife to take maybe a breather and then come back and, you know, see where they're at. I think it's good for everyone. Oh, that's funny. You know, I just was thinking the other day, I made a connection that I've never actually said before, but I, I know, um, what is her name? Uh, you know, Asher on the show. Yes. Yeah. So I know Asher from years ago. He was a little, a little Broadway kid. Okay. He told me everything about him. We did. Asher's great. Asher's really, really, uh, kind. And he's kind of what you see is what you get. Um, we, we did a, a, a musical adaptation of the Prince and the Pauper when I was still back in Seattle. So he must've been like 11, 12, maybe, um, really talented little Broadway singer. Um, and I've seen him over the years in different incarnations, you know, with his own music and stuff, but that was, you could have knocked me over with a feather when he popped up on my TV, you know, with long hair, married to He's like, Hey girl, he kept saying girl, (laughs) (laughs) but he's really, he's a really genuine, uh, really lovely guy. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was a funny. And I think Diana and him are friends with a lot of like, I think they're friends with like Neil Patrick Harris and his yeah. husband and um Yeah, yeah. There's Elton a lot John of John and stuff. Work. There's a lot of yeah. I'm fascinated by that, man. Um do you get into <laughs> weeds with the other Bravo shows? Like do you watch I, mean, I watch I line? watch Atlanta um and I watch New York. I'm interested in this whole uh the whole New York thing. I know I I know Bethany a little bit and uh I've actually guested at Luann's, one of Luann's back in the day when she first started doing cabarets. Um I did one out in in LA. Um I was probably with, I think I was at that show. You yeah, probably I was. were yeah, with, I was. Was Phil- yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was there. I wasn't in the show, but I was there. Um yeah. Yeah, I love the Housewives of New York. It's my favorite, I think, of all of them. And um they so fell I'm, off track, but it really did. And, but uh, yeah, I'm interested in this whole legacy cast and the new girls and what's, what that's going to be. And yeah. That uh, Countess Luann show is the craziest thing to go to because 
the crowd is so drunk and it's just wild. And they're they're batshit. As soon as she's like, money can't buy. Everyone's like, she doesn't sound that good. Well, (laughs) it's the holiday season. I was being, you know, but it's, uh, it's, it's like you're at a freaking, you know, Adele concert, people lose their shit. And I think that's what television does and reality television in particular, because you feel like, you know, these people, and then there they are. And they're freaking Giovanni sparkling their tatas in front of you. You know, it's I think um, our mutual friend. I, I think you're friends with Leslie Grossman. Um, yeah. She always says that uh, they work for us. Like, so when they're on the <laughs> clock, like when you can always go ask one of them for a picture, because with real celebrities, I feel like there is a little bit of a line. You don't want to bug, you know, yeah. Meryl Streep when she's at dinner. Right. But if you want to bug Luann at dinner, then she feels like that's fair game. I, I agree. I, I whatever Leslie says, I am down for it. Leslie is a she's oh, the best. She's so the best. Uh, okay, Cheyenne, what do you have? Uh, what are you working on? Call me Cat. I know people love this show. Tell mm-hmm. me about the new episode. Start January fifth, um, uh, early this year. Tell me about yeah. it. Yeah. So we're doing. We get they gave us a, a big old fashioned twenty two episode seat, uh, ep, uh, order this year, and we're in that's our where that money is too, right? Um, you know, it's a, it's just a very unabashedly sweet show and I've never done a multicam before. And it's definitely, um, a, a fun, it's a, it's an experience that I've always wanted to have, you know, growing up watching Will and Grace, growing up watching friends and stuff. Um, it's been a challenge recently, just losing Leslie Jordan. Um, he was my, one of my best friends in life. We've been friends for 12 years and did American horror story together, but within the queer community and the sober community, which I'm a part of both, he was just like my guy, you know? And I just, when he got super famous over COVID, I, I legit felt like it was happening to me. That's how excited I was for him because it's all he ever wanted. And here he was, you know, at the height of his everything, he's like, he said, he said, all I ever, all I ever wanted to do, I wanted to be rich. I wanted to be famous. I want to be in love and I wanted to own a house. And he got all four of those things. He just had bought a house. He didn't move, hadn't moved in yet. Uh, had was with, with the love of his life, Mike, who's a dear friend. They were together almost eight years and he was rich and he was famous. And so I, that has been the, honestly, I told my therapist this the other day. I think the hardest thing is um, usually when you are mourning or grieving, um, you can go to work to forget about your pain. And in my case, and in our case here, our work is the pain and our work is where the traumatic thing happens. So it's been, it's been, um, it's been tricky. I, I, I've been doing things to help myself. Like I got, here's the re, the listeners. Oh my God. In a recent Halloween episode, I was, I was the Mandalorian and he was, you know, <laughs> on my back. Oh, I love that. Um, he brought so many people joy. And I, I think for people, a lot of the queer community, I think had followed him for so many years. And to be quite honest, he was my favorite part of particularly the original Will and Grace. Anytime he showed up, it was like, that's what you knew you were getting the belly laughs when him and Karen were in scenes uh. together. And so I think so many of us were rooting for him. And it was, it, I mean, 
not knowing him, it just felt so exciting seeing in COVID so many people embracing him and, and also just embracing him for who he was, not even just being a character, but just being himself. That's right. That's right. So that's, that's been the, the trickiest thing. And we're, we, we, we've just been figuring out how to go on without him. And uh, so they, I think they've come up with some great stuff and um, I've had a lot of input and it's been a really healing time. And then um, uh, what is her name? Vicky Lawrence is going to come on. I was just going to ask about Vicky Lawrence. Cause I fucking love Vicky Lawrence. Yeah. Too. I mean, she to me is one of those people that I've worshiped forever. I loved mama's family. Growing yeah. up, which was like a weird sitcom. No, I, it was a weird sitcom. She was like 32 wearing a gray wig, but not with old age makeup, but just doing the voice. I know it was, it was and her and Leslie were just in this show. I watched on, it was on Fox for like one cool season. Kids. Cool kids. I really liked it. I thought it was yeah. so cute. I was devastated when it, yeah. So she's coming on. Then. So she's coming on as his mom. And then we have a couple of new people, um, that are, they're going to kind of be bopping in and out until we find the right fit. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be carrying this on. Uh, and Swoosie Kurtz, two-time Tony Award-winning Swoosie Kurtz is, she's my jam. She's, she's great. My she's girl. Great. Yeah. Uh, finally, I, I just want to ask some, some general pop culture questions. I suppose we already yeah. sort of talked about this, but it's the holiday season. And so yeah. are there any holiday movies that you go to? I really loved, I had Anna and um, Rachel, Stretch mm. on last season promoting Clusterfunk Christmas, which I thought was so funny. It's like a parody on the Hallmark movies. Uh, if anyone hasn't seen it, it was on Comedy Central, and I'm sure they're re-airing it this week. Yeah, uh, but it was really, really funny. And you play sort of like the hunky, uh, like hometown uh, construction guy kind of take. Yes, it. yes, that was. I, I love Rachel. I love Anna. Uh, you guys must have laughed a lot on that. I just feel like no, you would laugh around them. It was nuts. No, I've known Rachel forever. She was always my plus one in New York. We would never have. You know, our, our, our men at the time, like never really wanted to go. And so we're like, look, we would do it together. And, and Anna is just, just such an, she's like a, she's a broad. She's an old, she's like an old timey dame. And, um, nah, so, so fun. Uh, what are holiday movies I love? I mean, I love love actually, like everybody else. Um, yeah. Do you, do you feel like this time of year, like I'm someone who has to watch Home Alone or Christmas Vacation? Uh, like there's a, a slew of movies that I feel like I have to watch. I just got my kids into into Home Alone. Um, but you watch things differently when you are a grown up and you have kids and you're listening to it through their eyes or through their ears, because that's how you listen to things through your ears. Um Shane, yeah, I gotta say, I'm not not to interrupt you. I feel like yeah, I keep yeah. interrupting you. But the the it's so mind blowing to me, and I'm sure listeners get tired of me saying this to guests, but I had Jesse Tyler Ferguson on a couple of weeks ago, and to be able to see, I've always wanted to be a parent, and mm-hmm. I uh, have been with my partner for 12 years now, and we want to kind of start the process next year is is kind of the goal. But when I was younger, there were no examples of gay people in media with kids, and I feel so grateful that now I get to look at people like yourself, where I can go on social media and see two dads with their kids. It, it's kind of mind blowing. And, and I sometimes don't feel like it's recognized as much because now we have a handful of examples of you guys, but it's pretty remarkable. Oh, I appreciate that acknowledgement. No, I appreciate that. And it is, I think it is important. That's also part of the reason I, I've, we've made the decision to share our family and, and sometimes we go, we, we waffle on that. And when they get older and, you know, they are more autonomous, maybe, you know, maybe we'll change our decision on that. But 
I think representation and I think seeing yourself really in these times more than ever, I mean, we literally just had to have something, you know, (laughs) put into law to protect what we, it's just, it's a fucking bonkers time. So I, I appreciate that. And I agree. I think if, if, if I was, you know, queer, queer kid from Idaho at 13, if I could have seen an example of somebody who was living a life that I could aspire to, that would have been amazing. Yeah. So I, it's not lost on me and it's just being a parent is the most spectacularly painful, beautiful thing you will ever, ever do ever. And you'll never, you just never think you, 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 you never ever in your life think you can love something so much. Do you guys want more? Are you done? We're done. Yeah. Yeah. For a, for a hot second, I was filming something. I was gone and, and I was missing the kids. The longest I've ever been away is uh, six weeks and it was torture. And there was a, a baby was, was on set with us. And I was just, oh, I had such baby fever and I came home and we entertained it for a second. But, you know, we have a son and a daughter. They're six now. They're in such a great space. And I, don't, I can't imagine going back to diapers and you know, and also we're in our forties. So it's like, it's good. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic. A North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Uh, Cheyenne, this was such a, a delight. The last two questions I ask all of my guests are okay. your favorite Mariah Carey song. And <laughs> if you were choosing for People Magazine Sexiest Man Alive, who would you choose? Okay. Uh, Mariah Carey. I mean, I got to go Vision of Love just because it was so groundbreaking and unlike anything else ever. Um, and then who would I choose as the Sexiest Man Alive? Have they just chosen it or this is just in just whatever your fan is. If you were the editor, you're, you're too young for this, but you know, pop culture, you may know this. Do you remember the TV movie with Joan Collins called the making of a supermodel or the making of a male model? It sounds familiar. John, but Eric, John Eric Hexum. Look it up. I'll look him up. I'm John Eric Hexum. Yeah. Him. He died tragically um, with, I think on set with like a, a gun that was not supposed to be loaded. I believe but he was, if he was always the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen in my life, ever. Have you seen, you've seen that American Horror Story meme of all you guys, right? Of all you yes. hot 
white guys. <laughs> it, t- it makes the rounds every few months and we, we laugh about it. Just imagine have- you all in a group text being like, look how hot we all are. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was in, in Target not so long ago and a lady was convinced that I was Matt Bomer. And I said, you know, she's like, I really love your work. And I was like, oh, thank you. That's so kind. And then she was like, she mentioned something that Matt was in. I was like, oh, no, no, that's, I'm, I'm not. That's funny. Like, yes, you are. I said, no, I'm not. And she goes, maybe you're not. Cause you actually are a little taller and goofier than I thought. Like, <laughs> Ma'am. Well, let me tell you a story real quickly and then I'm letting you, I promise. But I saw Matt Bomer in a target, the West Hollywood target on Valentine's day, the one year, this is probably <laughs> five years ago or something. And I did get home and I told my boyfriend, I was like, oh, just so you know, like I, I was prepared to leave you. Like it was Valentine's day in my head, we were running off together and it was, and he understood. And I'd feel yeah. it, I would want him to do the same if he ran into Matt Bomer in a target. Matt is a statue. He's he like gorgeous. carved out of cream cheese. Some, a friend used to say, yes. Yeah. Cheyenne Jackson, thank you so much. I've been such a huge fan of your work. So thank you for taking the time. Everyone's going to check out Call Me Cat restarts January 5th. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Thank you so much, Cheyenne. And to you. Thank you so much. This was lovely. Thank you. 